Another episode of the Bears Review. I'm your host Tyler Flesh, joined by my co-host and father Brian Flesh. Bear down. It is a good day to be a bear. It mm. is a fantastic day to be a bear. Man, uh, we're coming off. That's that's our biggest win in the year, isn't oh, it? I loved it. That's huge. How does it feel to be seven and three? Doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel real. It's been so long to be in November and to be seven and three. I'm so excited, I can hardly stand it. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's something. (laughs) I love it. This is what Bears fans like us dream of. We are in November, we are competitive, and we've got a defense that's awesome. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I I don't want to... I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I just want to start with, you know, we've been a little critical of Trubisky, and there's so much good things that happened in this game, and Trubisky was not one of them, and I don't want to key in on this too much, Um, but I want to talk about him first, just to get it out of the way. I think we finally know the kind of quarterback Trubisky is, and in my opinion, it's a game-to-game quarterback who could either lose you the game or win you the game. But so far, in my personal opinion, he's just not there. You know, let's let's call it like it is. Um, so far, he's been a game manager, and maybe you or others may I, not well, like to hear now, that. Now, I, I'm going to correct you. I think that's a little unfair. I think that's you can't say, say more because I, game I don't managers think it's unfair don't put, at all. Game managers don't put up 30, 355 yards and then they don't throw for six TDs in a game. Uh, okay, well let's let's put it this way: game manager. I, I see a game. Hold on, I see a game manager as being a person when they're playing tough competition. They are very very well. Then we have conservative. We have I, t- I when you're playing poor competition. Um, come on, we can go out there and throw four touchdowns against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, this is this is okay, not a hard that, thing to do. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but a, we have different pr- ex- opinions of what a game manager is because a game manager is it doesn't matter the opponent, he plays the same way every time. I, I see. I don't see a game manager being that way. See, a game manager game ma- basically, basically when the competition is easy, he rises to the occasion when the competition is tough. He simply Bull. manages the game. No, disagree. Look at Trenton Dilfer. He never rose to any occasion on any time on anywhere. Well, yeah, he rode that defense, and that's it. That I mean, he is the iconic, the well, iconic yeah, he, game manager. Yeah, he is the iconic game manager. But I mean, come on, that's the iconic game manager to the second degree, maybe even the third degree. I I, just, I I disagree with that. I think that's an unfair assessment. I think the kid can play, but I think he can only play against weak teams. He has not yet shown himself. He hasn't shown himself on a big team. This was a big team. He did not play good. Okay. It was You're- a good defense. I, I, I give him that. He did not play good. But what I think we can both agree on, and this is why I don't think he is a game manager, 
We can both agree on that he can come out and sling that ball and sling it well. And he has been looking a little better with his accuracy. He has. And then right when we say that, he throws interceptions that are so ill-advised, it's crazy. And I think what we're getting is a quarterback that's slightly more con- – and you want to talk about people don't want to hear stuff – slightly more consistent than Jay Cutler, but really kind of Jay Cutler. Um, yeah. I, I I don't disagree with that. When <clears throat> Here's the thing. I, in a quarterback, I look for two things that I haven't seen yet, and then I'll, I'll get off the bandwagon. I look for two things in a really good franchise quarterback. One is, when you have the lead, can they hold the lead and literally keep the ball away from the other team? Have not seen that. And the second is, can they put the offense on their back, drive down the field, and put the nail in the coffin and close it out? God, we haven't even we haven't so, seen that so again. I, we didn't see that against the Lions. I know. That one's more alarming. I agree with you completely. That one is more alarming. Well, I mean, we got a short turnaround. Uh, we yeah, play we on Thursday. We'll talk about that later, bringing up the Lions. But let's move on from Trubisky. That's what you're going to get. He threw some horrible interceptions. He threw some good balls. At the end of the day, um, we had one offensive touchdown, and it was all on him. I want to give a. I'm going to focus on some positives now because there is. So many positives oh, to abs- take away from this game. Yeah. Number one, we beat a very good Minnesota Viking yes. team. Yes, we Number did. Number two, our offensive line, Kyle Long got hurt, and our offensive line is still thriving. And that is no knock on Kyle Long because that's a big loss. But when your guys can step up in his place, uh, Kush came in for the first game, mm-hmm. and then... I already forgot the other guy. Brian Winsman. Winsman came in. These guys have been given Trubisky time. They have been clean pockets. Now he's got to hit a couple times and stuff. But, man, I'll tell you what, I love the way this offensive line is playing, and I don't think we talk about them enough. No, I, I agree. I think they're very much the unspoken group behind all that because you know really who's getting the hype it's on the other side of the ball but this group has continued to play as a team and an offensive line if people really knew how much goes into playing any position on that offensive line you are in constant choreograph with your feet with your plays with who you're blocking i mean it's it's something we were picking up blitzes too yeah um Another thing, uh, the communication. I've never seen that much communication between. I could hear white hair. He's always been doing that. I want to go back to Trubisky just for a second. With Trubisky, he was at. They were. I don't know if the game plan was to give him more of a free range. He was calling. He was checking in and out of a lot of plays. Yeah, he was. He was calling missile a lot. He was missile, missile, missile. Kill, kill, kill. I mean. That was a lot of stuff. And, and you know, I'll give him credit for that. I think there were several times he checked out of some plays and we got some extra yardage because he checked out of the right play. Yeah. And, you know, um, he, he's still young and that's good. And I appreciate that. But that, I mean, that off of every, every, the, our wide receivers are playing good. Gabriel's been playing oh. great. Allen Robinson came back huge. Miller's playing good. Um, 
one person that we haven't been talking about, and I think he's done, and uh, is Kevin White, man. I don't know what happened there, but he's obviously done. The coach basically said you're done for the year, and he's perfectly healthy. Yeah, and yeah, he's the ultimate invisible man this year, right? He's, he's he <laughs> yeah, he, he really is. He really is. He's he's come in. He's played a couple downs. He disappears then for the rest of the game. He had, he had the one big play, right? One big play against New England where he um, caught he the caught, bomb, and but, that was the last we've seen of him pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and then that was his second catch of the year within the same game. He had two catches against the Patriots, and then he was done. Yeah. I think something else happened. The, uh, to me, something else happened. You don't make plays like that in the NFL, and then they just say you're done. Hey, I want to I want to talk a little bit about – what do you think about Trey Burton? I mean, you know, if you looked a couple weeks ago, I mean, the guy's very touchdown dependent, but I th- don't you think he has disappeared a little bit too? I do. I don't think he's as good a tight end as advertised. Um, to me, that's a good point. Uh, to me, didn't you feel like we were getting a quicker Travis Kelsey? Yeah, by I the did. way they were talking. Well, I I thought we were getting someone who could really run some slants, some out routes. I mean, a person who could outrun. Right. Here, here's what you want, right? In a in a tight end, you want someone to be able to challenge those linebackers because they're going to drop on a tight end. And I'm not so sure we've got that with him. So I guess I'm a little bit like I was really, you know, how high I was on Burton at the beginning of the year. And I, I think I've come off that a little bit. So I, I think I've got a attitude. I think we jumped the gun. I mean, we're critical of Ryan Pace because, I mean, he's has some good players, and, and we're going to talk about some yeah. of those players. But, man, has he had a lot of bad ones in the first round. His first round is just not very good. Yeah. I mean, Floyd is doing okay. I would give <laughs> – if we were given a grade right now in the, the season, Floyd's a C for me, and he should have been on the edge of an A, if not an A. But that's a whole nother thing. Um, I think what it comes down to with the Bears and Trey Burton is, I, I don't know, man. I, I can't, like, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to, I'm filibustering around because I don't understand why he's not good. Yeah. The route running's there, the skill's there, but the ball just doesn't seem to be going to him anymore. The only time the ball ever went to him was when we kept running that damn flip inside. Mm-hmm. And we've been running that way too much, and teams are catching on. That needs to just get scratched from the playbook until the playoffs. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's old hat. It's been stopped, just like you said. Any Anybody else on defense, or excuse me, anybody else on offense that um, you really think needs to be mentioned here? Anthony Miller, man. I mean, we've we've been on this guy. We have been hot on this guy for a while, and he is really starting to blossom. Tell you, this kid passes the eye test, doesn't he? I don't care about statistics. I look at a player with my eyes, and Anthony Miller passes the eye test. He's fast. He's sharp. He knows how to make cuts. He comes in and out of his route. He's fiery. He's fiery. And here's the thing. There's certain people that are in a wide receiver position that have a feel for the game. Right. He has a feel for the game. 
And you know what? You can't bottle that. You can't buy it. But we're talking about He's a rookie. Got it. We're talking I know. about a rookie. I know. How exciting I, is that? I, it is. It is great. I think this kid has a tremendous amount of upside. I'm a. I, I really appreciated Robinson coming back from injury. Um, you know. You know what I would like to see out of Robinson, and what's I don't that? think it's his fault, man. Look at put on the tape in Jacksonville. Blake Bortles just threw the ball up. He is a go get him. He will. He is so good at jumping up, timing the jump, ripping the ball away, catching the ball. That's his game. Yeah, and it's we're not we're not playing to his strength then, right? No, we're we're not we're not. And you know, another player I thought had a great game, Taylor Gabriel. I think yeah. he's been playing great. Um, he made what about that catch where he stretched out? I mean, he stretched out and yeah. and caught that. That was just an amazing catch. Like I said, though, we're talking about all these players and we're, we're high on and we're not being hard on. And the thing is, though, you know, let's let, let's be real here for a minute before we move on to the defense. Um, <laughs> Dad, last week we played Detroit. We scored one touchdown in the second half. This week we played uh, Minnesota, got in the win. Very grateful, but one one offensive touchdown the whole game. Yeah. Are we are we just taking our foot off the gas in the in the second half? What, what, do, you, what do you think it is? I because think we. I, it's I think, like we come out. We have all these scripted plays for the first quarter, second quarter, and, and then we get to the second. We half. only have one scripted play for the. I know what you're saying, but yeah, it's the first. The, it's the opening it's, it, drive, yeah, and then really it's the, the opening, opening drive. No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, it's no, really no, no, the opening it's, drive. no. But you're right. It's the opening drive of the f- the the beginning of the game, and then the opening drive right. of the second half. Right. But past that, I want to see us. I, I mean, I love our Bears. I want to see us have a killer instinct, and I just don't see that. You know what? Let's let's put the pedal to the metal. I f- let's go for it. Now, one I want to talk about too is. I want to get into a little bit on Nagy. Nagy, I think, is a genius. I think he's very smart offensively. They do a thing at the end of every game when they win called Club Dub, where they go in the locker room, they turn off the lights, and it's like they turn it into a nightclub, and that's awesome. Players love it. It's a big bonding. People get into it. I think it's amazing. I think it's great. I think that kind of affects... I'm going to be a little critical of Nagy here in the aspect because I felt like when I called him out in Detroit, or in Detroit, when we played Detroit in Chicago, he wasn't as aggressive as I thought he would be. And I get that he didn't want to be super aggressive because we were in field goal range. But, man, I'll tell you what, trust in Cody Parkey. We trusted him a lot. He made three field goals, but, man, I just – I don't know if um, I don't know if we can continue to trust him. But before I say anything more, I do want to say we did convert two two point conversions. Awesome play, awesome play design. We'll talk about that after we talk about this, these field goals. But yeah. I want to know what your thought is. And I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to build confidence in a kicker who has no confidence. But as a fan, you're sitting there and. There's a long history of failure with Cody Parkey. Yeah, there is. And you know how I felt about him. After he hit the four, after he hit the goalposts four times in four consecutive 
tries, I was like, come on, let's cut the guy. There's plenty of people out there that can kick a ball through a goal post. There, there, there is really talent out there. Now, like you, I, I know, I believe Nagy is not just a good coach. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a player's coach, and I think he's incredibly creative with his play calling. And, I mean, my goodness, if you watch other teams, we make them dizzy in terms of all the motion we run. Can I just say something before I forget? Yeah. I agree with you on players, coach, but the thing I like about Matt Nagy, there's two other people that come to mind with me, with Matt Nagy. Um when you hear players coach, because sometimes that's a negative term. Oh, yeah, it can be. Mike Tomlin and Sean Payton. Here's the difference, right? Sean Payton will cuss someone out. He will cuss his players out. Mike Tomlin will cuss his players out while not looking at that player. Have you noticed this? Where Mike Tomlin will look the other way, kind of be like, you should have hit that, and kind of shaking his head. And Sean Payton is, hey, get over here. The hell was that? You know, Nagy does what Sean Payton does. And I think I like that because um, they asked um, Trubisky about Matt Nagy and his relationship. And he said, great relationship. He's just like one of the guys, but a little more authority. And I like that because it's like, hey, I'm going to be personal with you, but don't forget I'm in charge. Still. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he, listen, you can be personal with people and still remember your role. And he knows his role is that of a head coach. And that, and that, and that always should be the number one thing you move from is, you know what? I'm your head coach first. I like how he holds Trubitsky and other players accountable and how he talks with them directly. I really, really, as a player, I think I would appreciate that that 110%. Um, so, anyway, I was just saying I love all the motion. Sometimes it does look a little bit oh, gimmicky, I would say. But for the for 99% of the time, I really like it. And I think defenses can't just sit back on us and expect the same thing over and over. If you had to say Matt Nagy was weak, wow, excuse me, a big yawn just overcame yeah. and slapped me right are in you, the are face. You, are you, this is Turkey Tuesday, so you're you, you practicing mm-hmm. for Thursday? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I was already sleeping on the <laughs> Lions. Um, so... Matt Nagy, if you had to say whatever, like you pick one weakness of him, and that's this is gonna be hard. One weakness, Matt Nagy. What do you think it is? What where are you going? Okay, here I I know I have the place where I'm going right away, and I I think it's not closing out games. I think it's taking his foot off the gas in the in the final. If you look at the fourth quarter, our, it's bad. It's bad. And 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 it's bad because we take our foot off the gas. We we don't when you don't play like you can play, you have the potential of losing. You have to play all four quarters like you play the first quarter. And somehow that that I think is his Achilles heel. 
I would agree with everything you said, but I'll be a little more technical with it. I'm going to say, I'm going to give you two. And and I'll start with kind of off the one you left at. Crunch time. I feel like when it is crunch time, he changes the plays and goes very, very conservative. We should start running the ball out of an I formation with Howard. Well, that's fine. I wish we would do that more. You know, and then we started doing a single back. The problem is everyone in the everyone in Chicago, including Minnesota, knew the runs were coming. Yeah. Let's get a little more creative, man. Don't be afraid to pull the trigger, okay? Well, I think you and I, listen, you and I were watching the game together, and wouldn't we both have loved to have seen a pass on first and second down? We had way too many runs on first down, run on second down, and then try to do either a reverse or you know a, a quick flick out to you know the wide receiver whatever on third down listen be yourself that that's what i want to say to him be yourself because yourself is good enough in the first quarter the second quarter and the third quarter stop trying to be someone else in the fourth quarter that's my advice yeah i would say i think he gets a little scared so yeah and my other my other thing and my last one and I think we are having a hard time with with uh, clock management. Um, and I'm going to give you an example of why we are having such a hard time with clock management. Now this is an actual play that they use in Chicago. Now I'm going to try to rattle this off. Now remember this goes from. This goes from Nagy's mouth to Trubisky's headpiece, and then Trubisky has to relay the formation. You ready for this play call? Green right nasty, Y right spin, fake 99 crack boss, naked right, fullback slide, kill it run, kill run it. That's such a weird thing to say at the end. It's kill run it. I want to say kill it run, but it's kill run it. So one more time, I'm going to repeat it one more time. This is just maddening to me. Green right nasty, Y right spin, fake 99 crack boss, naked right fullback slide, kill run it. Is there going to be a test on this because I'm going to fail? That's one play. That's insane. <laughs> well, I know. I know. I, well, listen, to be well, to be fair, you and I are not in the NFL. We don't have a range of understanding but that does seem a bit no, long-winded, I, doesn't it? But we have a, we don't need to be in an, uh, the NFL. I'm sorry to have an understanding of this. Basically, what I'm taking from this is the wide receivers, the running back, and the offensive line, right? They only have to listen to certain key words, and then they check out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever seen a huddle break, and you're always like, oh, why did the wide receiver get in so late, or why is he leaving so early? Well, he already right. knows the route. He, right. He's got his assignment the he can take off. The problem is, yeah. So the linemen have their assignment. They only listen to one thing. The running back only listens to one thing. And then the wide receivers only listen to one thing. The quarterback has to know everyone's play. Yeah. And everyone's position. And that's well, that's really complicated. It, it and is that's ex- really complex. It is extremely- So I'm going to cut Trubisky a little slack Yeah, on I, that. I am too. I mean, that that is really complex. The other dynamic is when does that when does that complex play get into his earphone, get into his ear. Because sometimes I think that very complex play is coming in very late 
And when it comes in late with eight seconds, what? Hey, you, that took you six seconds just to read it, right? Yeah. And, well, and, so, and so, you know, five or six seconds just to read it, if it's coming in with, you know, less than 10 seconds, that does not give you much time to make adjustments. No, not at all. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. But, all right, we've talked enough about the offense. Let's go to my favorite. <laughs> the cream of the, the cream de la creme. Oh, I the love for our last. defense. I, I, I love our defense. Oh, I mean, that was that was absolutely a crazy ass D. I mean, we took I was a, I was nervous with Kirk Cousins. We shut down Thielen in the first half. Yes. Shut he, him down completely. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because if you look at his stats for the for the earlier games, there wasn't a team that shut him down like we shut him down. No. And that is amazing cuz that kid is very very good, very very quick. Hustles a hundred percent on each play. Yeah, that tells no, you a lot, lot about our D. Got a lot of respect for Thielen, Adam yeah. Thielen. Let, let hey, let's work our way from the out, inside and work our way out. I I like that. So everyone talks about Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack had a great game. He had a forced fumble and he had a sack and he was in on every play. To me, he was not the player of that game. Hakeem Hicks. Played so hard. I am so glad you said that. So hard. I, I, I tell you, Akeem doesn't get the credit. He makes he, wait, everybody wait, wait, better. Can I correct you? He doesn't get the credit nationally, but Bears fans, oh. we know how damn good yeah. he is. Yeah. But nationally, it's all, all they ever talk about. This is what drives you, me nuts nationally. They go, well, they got a first-round pick on Floyd on the other side, so, you know, someone needs to make a play. Have you watched one Bears game? We have Eddie Goldman in there, too, that's not right. doing bad. We right. have that Robert Nichols that's not doing bad. But Akeem Hicks is the driving force between all of that. Listen, he is the anchor of that defensive line. All right? He just is. He's he's the absolute anchor. Because he is such a presence in the middle, he can hold people up. So Roquan Smith can come in and get it. He can he can he's a he's a rushing presence. He's a run block presence. The guy is literally one, if not the most important bear on our defense. And even though Bears fans know it, um, the commentators that are, are talking the game every now and then they will acknowledge his presence. But that's just like acknowledging the presence of, you know, someone that is so key and doing it every once in a while. I, I don't get it. Um, I agree. And then I want to move to the other side now. Um, I think another guy that had a big game, not as big as we'll talk about, Khalil. <laughs> yeah, because everybody knows Khalil. But Floyd, I thought, had a good game, man. I thought he didn't get to the quarterback, but he was making Kirk Cousins uncomfortable. I kind of think Floyd needs to put on a little more muscle. He seems to be getting a little bit bullied back there. I I feel like he he's quick on the outside, but once he hits that outside swim or that outside spin, he gets pushed off the ball fairly easily. Yeah. 
He doesn't get that low angle like Khalil Mack did they showed in the game, which is insane, by the way. <clears throat> Khalil Mack, when he turned his shoulders on the rush on in the inside, he was at a 45-degree angle. Remember in college— That's one insane. Of, yeah, it is insane. Remember in college, one of the things about Floyd is that one of the knocks on him was that he had one or two moves, right? And he, he had a move to the outside, and he had one move to the inside. And the challenge is when you get into professional football is the moves that you used in college, you have to really change up what you do. You can use part of it, but what worked in college doesn't necessarily translate to the pros. And I think in part, you're right, he needs to put on some weight, but he also, I think, needs to approach the game a little bit differently. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Maybe, you know, Khalil is going to help him out with that. Yeah. Khalil Mack, let's go to him now. He seems to be a leader. Then I did not know this about him, but he is, he seems to be a big-time leader. He seems to be really he loves Chicago. Yeah, He's a leader and alive. Yeah, the the best leaders lead with action. Okay, and this is going to be this is going to sound crazy, but I am ready to say it. I think I, I can't even say I think. I know Khalil Mack has the best bull rush and stab move I have ever seen. It's getting, it can get, now I'm not saying it's here yet, but it could almost become as iconic as Reggie White's club move. Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be silent here just for a moment because... That's huge. <laughs> Silent for the offensive tackles that he is destroying. Literally, there should be a funeral for them. He pushed them with – he took a 330-pound man. Did you see that? And pushed him with one hand, and he flew. Yeah. I, 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 and everyone's like, well, he's backing up. Listen. these are. Can I just say something? Yeah. The guy he pushed probably bench presses 450 to 500 pounds. But okay. Wait, but hold on, real quick. Doesn't it crack you up that when people say that, when they're like, oh, well, he was going backwards and he was off balance? Time out. These guys, that's all they do all year. That's not off balance to them. That's a second nature. No. The way they kick their feet back and arch their position, that guy was in key position. Khalil Mack is just that damn strong. Yeah. He, he, he is bull rushing people and putting them on. Last week, they tried to chip him in Detroit. He threw a he threw a uh, running back out of his way, and then he just bull rushed with two hands. This game, he took. I wish I knew the name of the Vikings. Some of them. I mean, I know the main guys. I know their offensive line's been beat to hell, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you're moving 330 pounds of grown ass man with one hand. And flinging him to the ground and getting to Kirk Cousins. You know, that's amazing. I would love to be a fly on the wall of offensive line coaches before they go against our Bears. I would love to be a fly on the wall because what do you do? Literally, I'm, I'm serious. Which which guy? You you go over here to Floyd, you go to Khalil, you got Akeem. We haven't even talked about some of the other guys who are Goldman and Goldman. Robert uh, Nichols. Robert Nichols. Robert Nichols, I think, is quietly having one of the best years ever. <laughs> I think it's easy, though, because that this is why I would like to see Floyd step up, because Floyd's getting a lot of one-on-one -on -one matches. 
that whole game, Kirk Cousins kept sliding. Um, wow, I just blanked. Did not Diggs. Wow, what's the running back's name? Uh, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. He kept sliding Dalvin Cook to whatever side. Now Matt kept switching sides and <laughs> kept sliding Cook to each side. I mean, I can't say enough. Dalvin Cook made the mistake and ran on Khalil's side, and Khalil hits him, fumble, and gets a recovery. Those That defensive line, like you said, who are you going to block? You can't double-team them both. Because that's how other people are getting free. I think other people are learning the hard way because they've double teamed. I know I saw in one play where Robert got the sack, and he got the sack because he was he ran through the line because the line double teamed Hicks, and then the other two double teamed Khalil, and then they go, oh, crap, we forgot. They have more players. Yeah, and, and I just want to say that Peanut Tillman – did a motivational speech before that game, and he talked to the entire defense guy. about um, the ball's never secure, and they went out and they showed why the ball's never secure. I think I like the best thing I love about the Bears tradition is the defense. That everyone oh, gets, of, but it's it's the players. Like yeah. When Hakeem came in here, he goes, it's different to play defense here. Now Khalil is going, it's different. Like, they love defense. Yeah. Chicago loves Loves. defense. Chicago and Chicago fans are the best defensive fans in the world. We would rather see a defensive game than an offensive game. I think we're right there with, I think it's us in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. And, And you know what? It's because we appreciate destruction. We do. We do. Now we're gonna we're gonna move along here a little quick on these next one. Uh linebackers, listen, no knock on the linebackers. I think they played great. They just didn't play as well as some other people. And that's yeah. no knock on them. They it's, were just overall they were good. Like the whole defense was an A plus overall. I, I think so. I, I do have to say and and I love Roquan Smith, but there were a couple tackles that he just missed entirely. Yeah, but think and, about what you're saying, right? I know, but the way you're talking about him, like, I know, but what, I know what you're saying. It's just crazy because he's a rookie. And yeah, he missed I know. all of training camp. I, I know, I know. And, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up because even though it, it kind of ticked me off that he missed that, it's kind of like, but he's so good most of the time. He's I, so I, good I, most I, of the time. I had no idea he'd be this good this quick. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been pretty incredible if you think about it. I mean, he's starting his first NFL playoff with a sack, so. Yeah, yeah. So the linebackers were good overall. Yeah. And, uh, let, let, but I, I do, I want to talk now. I want to get to the most, <laughs> the most underrated. That was the worst sound effect. I know. Hey, listen, I tried. I got excited and tried. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have to put in for licensing on that. Oh, you never know. And then, <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure I know. <laughs> so let's move on to the, in my opinion, what no one talks about, no one cares about nationally. And I think this is just for our, and I'm going to talk about the team after this. We are flying under the radar so low. On our cornerbacks and safeties, no one is talking about Callahan, Fuller, Prince Amukamara, and the man right now, Eddie Jackson. <laughs> exactly. 
It is insane what they are doing. And it's in a lot of, let's be honest, a lot of it's to the big men. Oh, yeah. But the way Eddie Jackson broke on that ball, I mean, holy cow. He read it the whole time, and he got it again. This is a fifth-round pick from Bama. We've said this time and time before. I cannot get over how good Eddie Jackson is playing there are certain people that just are attracted to the, the the ball is just attracted to and him and Fuller and, and I mean they're all playing great and Callahan's one of our best tacklers in the team he I he's playing great um you know what I love to see though Tyler the the fun of watching this group is to watch them anticipate and sit on different plays and come up. And it, it literally, it is great football skill when you're sitting on plays and then you're breaking on them. And I, and I, that's what this team is doing. I mean, if you look at it too, we got burnt earlier in the year. We got burnt oh, yeah. for some big plays. But that's the NFL nowadays. And I don't think people can be too hard on it. That's just the way the NFL is nowadays. Did you not love, I, I got to say this before I forget it. Did you not love after Eddie Jackson intercepted it how he was pointing ahead to the yeah. guys to block? Now that now this is a rookie. Okay. No, he's not. Is he not? No, he's not. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought he in terms of playing time, I thought he was almost like a rookie. Okay. No, he's been he played all last year. Okay. Go on. Oh, I loved I just love the way he pointed out and and actually got his blockers in place to make that TD. That's a veteran move right there. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, yeah, he was, sorry, just to correct you, he was a, we said, we keep saying fifth-round pick. We were wrong. He was a fourth-round pick, and he is from Bama. He did blow out his ACL. So we got partial facts. We got majority of them, and he, he was drafted in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. So this is second year. Yeah, we we trumped it. We didn't let facts get in our way. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. I just you you know someone's just like ah, that's not right. Anyhow, <laughs> so um, I gotta be honest, man. Listen, okay, a couple years ago when we had Mel, I don't know what I'm doing in the NFL. Tucker as our defensive coordinator, who when you hire a man from Jacksonville to become your defensive coordinator, and he gives up the worst, I mean the worst numbers the Bears have ever had. He had this idea that he could shift the line to the the, the ball. Remember that shit? Oh, the entire – that was so bad to watch our entire line shift and the running back <laughs> go the other go, way. Go He's the like, other thank way. you. Yeah. It was, it was like the reason, the only reason I'm bringing him up is because during that time, we brought in free agent Prince of Mukamara from the Giants. Yeah. I got to apologize to Prince. I didn't think he was that good. I was like, man, why, you know, okay, he's all right. Okay, you know, because I'm pretty, he had a stunt in Jacksonville, then he went to, okay, now he's a giant, now he's a bear. He has been playing so well this year. Yeah, lights out. People have been throwing his way. Now, I want to say lights out. I'm going to be honest. He's been getting burnt a little more. He's not as good as Fuller, but he's damn good, man. And he could plug and play in there. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I just I just think that the whole team in general, and this is what I want to say, because I think we're done talking about the defense, unless do you have anything else? No, I'm still trying to, I, I have a little PTSD for you bringing up that uh, former Jacksonville <laughs> coach. I'm sorry. I, I'm experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder right now, but we could move on. <laughs> so the Bears, though, nationally, we're recording this on a Tuesday. No one's talking about us because the huge Monday night game and everything, and I'm fine with that. That's why we do this. This is your full taste of Bears. You know, This is where you go to get Bears knowledge. But I'm fine. I love flying under the radar. I love it because I'm telling you, our defense is better than people think. People keep talking about, oh, you can't play defense in this league anymore. I mean, look at the Rams. Why do they keep bringing up how good the Rams' defense is? Because the Rams' defense is not that good. That I, I've said that from the beginning. I mean, everyone goes, oh, well, Kansas City's good. Oh, well, the Saints are good. Okay, blah, blah, blah. I cannot wait till December 9th till we play them because I think they are going to have a hard time against our defense, and hopefully we will have a better time on offense by then. Yeah, I think so too. And and here's the deal. Um we have a defense that I think can really put a Rams team in a little bit of a bind because I I really don't think a guy like Gurley is gonna gonna run for 150 yards on us. Um, Dalvin Cook's a pretty good runner. Um, he's no Gurley. I'm, I'm going to be clear about that. But I think we held him to what 36 yards. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's for later. But our defense is out of sight. I'm in total agreement with you in terms of the corners and the safeties. I think they have played outstanding. And that front line is giving them time to intercept balls. And we can't say that enough. What's happening at that front line with the rush is making our defensive backs that much better. So, okay, here's... (laughs) Sorry, that was a... (laughs) <laughs> when you forget to silence your phone during a podcast, that is what happens. Give me a second what here. What is that? A horn? That is a horn. All right. Is, well, that, I guess that I guess that horn was telling you to wrap it up. Listen, before we go, uh, we're gonna break down real quick. I this and we're not gonna take long because with such a short week here, uh, hopefully we'll have a podcast out with you on. Thursday on Thanksgiving or Friday or sometime in between there. We're going to get our schedules worked out. But listen, we have a quick turnaround, and we are playing the Lions in Detroit, and they love to play on Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, we received some uh, pretty crazy news out of nowhere. Yeah, and uh, the the crazy news is that uh, it came out that uh, Mitch Trubisky, our quarterback, um, has some type of a shoulder injury. Um, you know, Matt Nagy being the optimist that he is, is basically hoping he can go, but all the writers giving days, but day, but yeah, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of writers and there's a lot of other people that are, that are really kind of pessimistic. So basically he's day to day. Okay. Yeah. Basically he's not going to play. So let's just keep it like that. Let's just say it is. Let's, let's break this game down real quick here. How do you think we do without him? And Chase Daniel is going to come in and play well, quarterback. Here, here's the deal. Um, this is a very complex offense, folks. If you 
didn't listen to the first part of this podcast when Tyler went through the one play calling twice, um, which <laughs> which was pretty amazing to hear that. Um, you know the complexity of this defense, or the complexity of this offense. So here's the deal. Chase Daniels knows this backwards and forwards. So that's a real plus going into this game. I have not seen him really throw a lot of passes. Have you? I've seen some. I, I So I really can't say what kind of passer he is. But the fact that he knows he's going to have the, people wide open. Yeah, yeah. the 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 fact the fact that he's he's playing a let's Detroit call, Lions team. Okay, hold that, on. That's let's just susceptible. Let, let's just call it for what it is. You, um, Chase Daniel coming in the game doesn't give us a lot of offense. I think our offense will scheme well enough to get people open for him. He just needs to take care of the ball to let our defense tee off. This game is going to be one where we need to rely heavily on our defense, and I think we can. Stafford is very susceptible to picks. We sacked him six times in the first time. Let's make it 12 this time. Yeah. I, I You know, um, by the end of that day, I, I think uh, uh, Matt Stafford is going to wish that he was the turkey on the Thanksgiving table because he is going to be sliced and diced by our defense. I think you should have went with carved up. Yeah, you could go that way. I'll go with carved up. <laughs> you want to take slice and dice back? Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> I really do. At I can see. Time. See, no, no one else can see you right now, and I could see your your eyes going up to the ceiling, the head, the clockwork turning. You're like turkey. Quick, think. Are we gonna <laughs> stuff him? Does that sound too dirty? I don't know what to do. I, We're slicing dice. Oh, how did you know? You got right inside my head. You knew exactly where I was going. All right. I mean, that's we're not going to break down that much game. It's too hard. Just we got to just hope. Uh, if we lose, I don't think it's the end. I think I, you know, it, it it'll hurt. But I think a team this weak and a team this strong that we have, we need to win. I hope Nagy stays as aggressive with Daniel or with Chase Daniel. Is it Daniels or Daniel? I'm not real sure. Whatever. But we'll just call I, him Chase. I tell you, in one real quick thing, I think what we're going to see if Chase Daniels is in is that we're going to see a lot more of Tariq Cohen and short passes, run game. I hope um, not. I hope not. I, I think that's what's going to happen. You got to keep the playbook the same. You've yep. got to keep the playbook the we'll, same. We'll we'll see. We'll see. But I I I, I have some concern about that. Our defense doesn't change a bit. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Can't wait to see Matthew Stafford get sacked a few times on Thanksgiving Day. All right. With that being said, you got anything else? Go Bears. Also, before we end this podcast, we would like to send out our condolences to the Washington Redskins who just signed Mark Sanchez. And remember, folks, we'll see you next week. Until then, bear down. Bear down.